of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 394.5. This is a 0.5 episode, which informs everybody it'll probably come out in the neighborhood of an hour, certainly less than two hours. Jason Lingren is with me, and we've got KL back. There's a lot of disagreement all the time when we do legal episodes, and I've kept my eye on the ball to try to discover why is there so much disagreement? Why? What, what's going on here? Early on, we identified that part of the problem was the idea between public and private, and we've covered these things. Um, but what it comes down to is I think the truth is the first thing you've got to know, regardless of what you're going to do, is what do you want out of this? And depending on the individual, there are different ways you could probably go. We're going to cover jurisdiction today, but I think the latest and the, the reason we're covering jurisdiction is I started to notice that was, was causing uh, disagreement with people. But the truth is you'll see groups of people who will have a state of mind, which by the way, I don't think you can argue with it, is we're in the system we didn't agree to. There's no damn contract there. Take your system and shove it where the sun don't shine. There are other people who say, yep, we got coerced into the system. We're going to use the system to try to get where we want, where the first group I just mentioned also will use the system at some level that they feel they've been coerced into without agreement. Now, all these things I've said seem to contribute to the disagreement, but what we do here, Jason and I, and any guests that we've had, we try to cover things that are provably usable. They have succeeded at some level. They have been replicated. There is a basis to accept what we're doing and why we're doing it. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning. And I can tell you what a lot of people want. They want stuff for free. <laughs> well, in the, era, right. yeah, in the era we're going into, people are going to have a dead reckoning with what it means to use goods and services because corporation and the power of corporation is on the rise. And we were all fed the drug addicts. You know, we got all the goods and services, scot free mostly. And now there's additional costs that are going to come with these things. Who knows what the outcome will be? But anyhow, welcome, KL. How you doing? Glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me. Cool. Now we've got a PDF and this is going to go one of two ways. I'm going to try to link it off my server, but the security is so high, we'll have to test it. If that works, there will be a single single link to the PDF at the top of comments when this goes live tomorrow. Today is 319. We are doing a very fast turnaround to try to broach all the disagreement that's going on. And again, if you don't if, if you have another way and it's proved workable, it's likely that you've decided you want something different than what we're laying down today, or you were going to interact with the system in a slightly different way. You know, KL said it last time he was here. There are so many ways to skin this cat. It's mind boggling. But where would you like to jump in, KL? Everyone's going to have a copy of the document we're working from. All right. I highly suggest you download the show notes at about 10 pages and I'll go through them or at least half of them uh, today. Let's just agree to go through them. As long as we don't you know, go by an hour 45 or something, we can legitimately call this a, a 0.5. Okay. I love jurisdiction. It's my favorite subject to be, on, uh, to be talking about. Crow, you're big on the natural world versus the artificial world. You know, God gave us free will, which means it's voluntary. Jurisdiction is voluntary, okay? Whether you want to be in the natural world or the artificial world. Whether you want to be in the republic or do you want to be under the democracy, whether you want to be private or public, that's a jurisdictional issue. You get to choose. In other words, 
you get to choose your live in this country. Uh, you could drive across uh, the Rio Grande and uh, want to be in, in a different jurisdiction. Everything is voluntary. Can I make a point here? So just so people don't get confused, the problem starts that none of us were informed of any of this that I know of. I don't feel like I was informed. So KL, if I'm not mistaken, it just means you get shuffled into some jurisdiction because nobody said anything. You didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. So you end up where you end up. Yes. And they do it through trust agreements. Trust agreements are contracts that they deceive you into. And they use trust agreements because they don't have to divulge the details. They just, all they have to do is give you a benefit, you accept it, and then you're locked into the jurisdiction and something you don't even know was in the agreement. That's how they do it. There it is. Okay. That's how they've been doing it for 10,000 years. Okay. Whether it was in the Roman days and the medieval times, they still do the exact same thing today. So the big thing here is jurisdiction. Okay, I'm going to go back to the 17th. First, you got, if you want to know what's going on today, we got to go back in history. Okay. And this is why I hate because they're trying to erase history, but that's where the answers are. 1783, right? The PD of Trees, after we win the war, we take the land jurisdiction. We hire a company to do the international commerce force. That's the sea jurisdiction. We didn't have a Navy. Britain did. So we let them, uh, we, we agreed that that would be under the sea jurisdiction because we all wanted to do international commerce. This is really a, a business thing we're talking. I think we would all agree to that, right? Definitely. Right. And that it, this country was really put together because the fathers <clears throat> felt that we had natural rights, right? But they needed to be protected. And that was the reasoning for developing the declaration. The Constitution was try to put a piece of paper together that would protect those natural rights, okay? And even back then, okay, there were two jurisdictions. There always have been two, two jurisdictions. There always has been and there always will be, I believe, okay? The two jurisdictions are basically, what I want you to always try to think about is either we're under the sea jurisdiction or the land jurisdiction, okay? Private, is land jurisdiction, public is sea jurisdiction. The natural world is under the land jurisdiction. The artificial world is under the sea jurisdiction. All right, we got to go back and study the Constitution a bit. Article 1 and 2, there's three articles that have powers in our Constitution. Articles 1, 2, and 3. Articles 1 and 2, or you think of them as they're under the sea jurisdiction. Article 3 is under the land jurisdiction. I'll get into this a little bit later. All right. So there's always been two governments slash if there's two governments, there's got to be two different jurisdictions in America. Can I ask a question there? So you're stating there's two jurisdictions, there's two governments, but here's where people get confused too. Are the people we call, say, a senator and a congressman playing both sides of the fence here? Yes. Okay. So that's where people get confused. And this happens all the time. An actor on a stage could be one character for this scene and another character in another scene. Maybe you could think of it like that. I just want to try to make this very clear, Kale. Yeah, and that's what makes it so difficult and confusing is they can wear two different hats. It depends on which hat they're wearing, what they're doing. Yes, that's exactly correct. All right, so you've got the Republic, which was a private mortgage trust because we had to restructure the debt, civil government of the American Union State Nationals. And then you have the democracy, Okay, again, that was created, a company was hired to do the 19 enumerated powers. Okay, 
that the states didn't want to do. That's the other jurisdiction. That's the C jurisdiction sitting in Washington, D.C. So at the time, at the beginning, it was all set up that there was the land jurisdiction for the people, Union State citizens, and anything in that C jurisdiction or the government, federal government, I'm sorry, was the C jurisdiction. Okay. So the current form of government found in every state, whether it's the state of Florida, state of Iowa, is seemingly Republican form, but is ultimately municipal because every state of, let's say, Texas is about a politic, not a geographic area, which you might think. States have been transmuted into political subdivisions of the District of Columbia. That's the territory. That's the sea jurisdiction, okay, uh, whose municipal law is Roman civil law. Roman civil law equates to exclusive territorial, here we go, territorial sea jurisdiction, personal and subject matter judicial jurisdiction over its residents. U.S. citizens who do not physically reside in the district, okay, which is mostly everybody, are treated as residents of that municipality for legal purposes. So even though you don't live in the territory, you're treated as if you are. Thus, you're under the C jurisdiction. Okay. The biggest U.S. Supreme Court case I can give you is Hale versus Hankel. It's been quoted over 1,600 times. Let me just quote it. Court rules, there's a distinction between private natural persons and artificial persons. All right. The right of an individual are restricted only to the extent that they have been voluntarily surrendered. The rights of the individual are restricted only to the extent they have been voluntarily surrendered, which means you waive them or give voluntary consent by the citizenship to the agencies of government. Think about COVID. I'm just pointing out. Think about what KL just said and relate it to what we know just happened. All these businesses making all these demands on people. If you relate it to what was just said, you voluntarily did what you were told or you didn't do what you were told. Yes, their defense will be nobody put a gun to your head. Right. You took the shot voluntarily. So if you contract with the federal government, you are entering on a different jurisdiction. If you step over the Rio Grande River, I mean, that's an easier one to see. You understand you're stepping onto a different jurisdiction, but you can also do it by contracting with an entity in that other jurisdiction. And again, through trust agreements, that's how they've gotten everybody into that jurisdiction. So uh, I'm on page three, by the way, you guys. I'm going to skip Sesta K. All right, 1818, U.S. versus Bevan establishes two separate jurisdictions within the United States of America. Ding, ding, ding. The federal zone, also called the territory, and the geographic Union States. So again, they're reaffirming there are two different jurisdictions within the United States of America, okay? You got the 50 union states and you have DC. That's not a union state, okay? Those are the two jurisdictions, all right? 1821, Cohen versus Virginia. It is clear that Congress as a legislative body exercised two species of legislative power, one limited but extending all over the union, that would be for the union citizens. The other, an absolute exclusive legislative power over the District of Columbia. Again, there's your two different jurisdictions, okay? The legislative powers in the District of Columbia exist independently, and the legislative powers of the states can never conflict with it because it can never operate within the states. In other words, the separation of powers doctrine says Article One, Article Two, article, they cannot encroach upon the other. Okay, they have to stay separate. 
Now, there's ways they've kind of tricked you into thinking that, again, that you're in the other jurisdiction, but the Constitution and the U.S. Supreme Court saying they're distinct and they're separate. You just have to figure out which one you're in or which one you want to be under. Gets back to what Crow said. This is a choice. You get to choose. Okay. Let's be honest, though. They never explained this to you ever anywhere. Of course not. And this starts the arguments. This starts the arguments because there are men like, let, let's look at Paul and slave. Hey, to hell with you guys. I never made an agreement with you. I, there was never a meeting of a minds. There's not a contract, but you see, it's, it's a sticky wicket because you have entered into other contracts. And I'm just saying, and I think this is the source of a hell of a lot of the disagreement. And by the way, so everyone knows we're working from the PDF where all the dates are listed and all the highlighting is going on. Go ahead, KL. Right. You're absolutely correct. So right before the civil war, the $90 million of debt is due. They go to the 20 new Southern states. They would say, you know, come on guys, you've got to help sign on a surety which means you got to sign on and be liable for this debt that was created by the company that's been running the United States of America. So again, I'm going to back up a little bit. We hire a company, they call it the United States. That's the company that is running the United States of America. This is where the confusion and they make it this way so you can't keep track of what's going on. So the company, United States, federal government goes bankrupt right before the Civil War. They ask the Southern states, hey, can you sign on to the Ninety million dollar debt. They say, "Go pound sand." We're going to, you know, create our own country. So that's really what causes the Civil War. Because a few years later, Lincoln declares that company bankrupt, which it was. Okay, he has the federal or the U.S. Army, the military take over the duties of the company to run the federal government. That was called the Lieber Code. I'm sure. You've had had a guest that covered the Lieber Code or went after that over that a little bit, I assume. We have. And, and just so everyone knows, think of the generals from the Civil War ending up in high government places, to, to put a fine point on it. Right. And, and back then, the citizens knew that, hey, that's the federal government. That doesn't apply to me. We're union states. That's separate. Okay. Yep. But after the war, Johnson, okay, he creates a new law form called... Uh, Wait a second. So he, he uh, let me get back up. Congress creates five military districts in 10 of the southern states. These commanders appoint judges to have tribunals to deal with rebels. This creates a new law form called presidential admiralty. These courts displayed stars and stripes with heavy gold fringe, just like today. So when you're being military occupied, like after the Civil War into the southern states, when people were still rebelling, you were really under military occupation. Okay. The army, again, because it was running the duties of the district, the territorial jurisdiction, you were in a different jurisdiction. Okay. Again, I'm just trying to reinforce there's more than one jurisdiction. 1878, the 14th Amendment. Okay. So who created the 14th Amendment? The legislature did. Okay. That's Article I jurisdiction. All right. That's the C jurisdiction. So Article 1, or the 14th Amendment, basically said Article 4, Section 2, citizenship, which was the Union State citizenship, was broadened and enlarged to become citizenship of the United States that is now dominant and superior instead of being subordinate to the citizenship of the respective states. So first, the Union State citizenship is on top. Okay, Now they flipped it where they put the citizen of the United States is on top of the Uh, Union state citizen. Now, I'm going to read section one of the 14th Amendment. 
It states all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction thereof. It's, we're talking about the C jurisdiction because the 14th Amendment is Article 1. So if you're subject to that jurisdiction, are citizens of the United States. And, okay, so here's the word and of the state wherein they reside. So right here, there's telling you there's two different kinds of citizens. There's two different kinds of citizens. There has to be two different jurisdictions. The citizenship or the citizen of the United States is Article 1, and the state of where they reside is the Article 3 land jurisdiction. Okay? So, again, you get to choose. You get to run around and either claim I'm a Union State citizen or I'm a citizen of the United States. Both, it, both of those you can do whichever one you want. You're free to do that in this country. But the thing you don't understand is one, when you claim one, you're in one jurisdiction, and when you claim the other, you're in a different jurisdiction. Would that make sense? Okay. Up to 1871, the Organic Act, that's when D.C. You know, incorporated itself. All right. So the first company, again, called the United States, went bankrupt. And then almost all of the Union states were bankrupt because of the Civil War. This area, of course, was called the Reconstruction because they were reconstructing a lot of the government. The Vatican forms a new Delaware Corporation. And they incorporate D.C. It's called the United States of America Incorporated. Okay, now his, this is a huge deal into how they got jurisdiction on us in the long run. So they go from a company that did the federal government, then they incorporate it. Once you become a corporation, you can form subcorporations or franchises. So they start immediately forming these franchises called the state of New Hampshire, the state of uh, Louisiana, the state of Florida, the state of Illinois which is different from the Florida state, the New Hampshire state, okay, or the Louisiana state, because the legislator created and incorporated itself. That means Article I jurisdiction. So every state of whatever now, again, let's use state of Louisiana, is under the C jurisdiction, because you have to go back to where and how it was created. It was created by the legislature. That's Article I. Article 1 is the C jurisdiction, right? But the Louisiana state stands and sits on the land jurisdiction, okay? They're different. It can be kind of like in the same place. I always think of it as you're standing on the ground, you're on one jurisdiction, you're on the land. But if you're standing underneath an umbrella, okay, you could be under that jurisdiction, okay? But you are free to move out from under the umbrella at any time you want, right? Yes. So... You have to figure out, again, which jurisdiction you're on or under. I know these words are technical, but they mean something. Okay? Well, there's, there's another thing I would point out. Look at D.C., based on what KL's just told you. Words sound like, are like, district of C, S-E-A, D.C. You see how all these clever little implications get put in front of us, but no one ever taught us how to think properly? There it is. It's called legalese. Plus, you get into the homograph, which is a word that sounds and spelled alike, but has two different meanings. The word orange can mean a fruit or a color. So it even depends on what context you're talking about or defining the word into. It can be, have different meanings. Okay? So just as an example, in 1892, the Pledge of Allegiance was first created. So I'm sure everybody could almost repeat it by heart. I pledge allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America, Inc., well, I put that in, and to the republic for which it stands. 
Think about those words again. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, which is the district we're talking about, all right, and the republic for which it stands. In that sentence, it's telling you, again, there's two different things going on at the same time. I, I know it's hard to pick up, but you go back and you can see these things. I'm just telling you, it, it's proof, again, there's two different jurisdictions going on. And also the source of a lot of the discontent. Think right. of all the children who were based, I don't know if coerced is even the right word, too young to understand what they were being directed to memorize, put their hand over their heart and make a contract that they're not even old enough to contract into. Yeah. Think about what's going on here. And this is where the other group of people are saying to hell with you guys. I never agreed to this. I, I didn't know any of this was going on, but nonetheless, everybody's using some form of system to deal with it. Right. So when all the states were bankrupt in 1871 and, you know, they start forming these corporations, they go to the states, look, you're bankrupt. How about we start paying for all of your employees? We'll give you all these benefits. You just got to enter a new trust agreement. You know, the Constitution for the United States of America is still intact, but we're going to create this new trust, okay, where we call it the Constitution of the United States of America, okay? But when you enter a new trust agreement, when you're given that benefit, now we're going to start paying things for you. You're, you know what I mean? The states, state of Louisiana, we're going to start giving you money. But in return, you've got to enter this other jurisdiction. You've, got to ent- you've entered into this trust agreement by signing this piece of paper. Your representatives did. You're going to take this money. But when you take the money, you're falling under a different jurisdiction. Okay, Because in the new trust agreement, you're under Roman civil law, or you could call it statutory or admiralty maritime. They're synonyms for basically the same thing. But I'm just telling you that they used the situation. They tricked and deceived the states at that time into agreeing to take money for a benefit, which got you under jurisdiction. Now, which just, by the way, just happened again. Just What's all that COVID again. money? <laughs> Everybody out there heard what KL just said. Do you think there might be strings attached to the COVID checks? When I went up to the bank to fight and say, this is my account, get this money out. They're all, what are you talking about? I finally had to say, does this account belong to me? Because I knew they had to say yes. I said, I gave no permission, get it out. The next time it was even more difficult. And then finally the IRS or some other meta bank sent me a thing saying, we can no longer offer you and you owe zero taxes. Do you see what's happened there? Okay, so they gave nothing but money out when COVID happened, right? They gave it to all the schools. Here's a couple million dollars. All you got to do is make sure your students, 70% of them get the shot and you got to wear these masks, okay? You see where the duties and obligate, once you're a beneficiary, you have duties and obligations. So the schools were, I won't say forced, but they agreed if they're going to take that money, then they agreed that they're going to put those masks on their children. Okay. Otherwise, if you don't, you got to return the money, which you know as well as I do, that they've already spent. Okay. So again, this is how they get you into these agreements. What they throw, the carrot on the stick is usually the money. But let me ask a question here, KL. Almost everybody we saw stand up in a proper fashion that had been shown to work using legal ideas, got out from under everything. It's almost like you do have these duties, but this is never going to court where they're going to say, 
oh, sorry, we gave you this money. You're under this new agreement. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like it's built that they know a small group of people are going to get out from under, but at no time are they ever going to confess to what's actually going on. Correct. Correct. They want everything compartmentalized where you don't know. You're lucky if the person who took the grant and the boss knows what's going on. Right. But it's in the contract. I'm telling you, these are contracts. And they, thus, they'll always come back with you contractually agreed to do this. Okay. Without a meeting of the minds. Correct. <laughs> so all of these new state of Louisiana, state of New Hampshire, because they're under a different law form, because they're under a different trust, they can't go by common law and the laws that we're going by. Because that's a different law form. With the new law form, they have to codify everything into a statute or an act. Okay. So they try, which are really just corporate bylaws. So they start making up... <laughs> I mean, you can make up anything. If your grass is more than three inches high, you'll be fined five hundred dollars. You understand when they codify and they make up stuff in this C jurisdiction, they can do whatever they want. Okay, so let's go on. Eighteen seventy-one. The same time happens the slaughterhouse cases. These are a bunch of cases, and they're very famous. They're always quoted for a variety of issues. The butchers' union in Louisiana, Jason. This is right near your way. They sue the city of New Orleans, okay? And they claim that their 14th Amendment rights under due process have been violated. So they're going into the court case claiming they're 14th Amendment citizens. So they win the cases, but it, you know, it gets appealed off the Supreme Court. Supreme Court basically says the consenting opinion that the privileges and immunities under the 14th Amendment of the United States citizenship do not include the Bill of Rights, okay? So right away, they're telling you Oh, different jurisdiction. You don't get the Bill of Rights that all the Union State people get. If you go into court claiming you're a citizen of the United States, which was at that time a 14th Amendment, you're in a different jurisdiction. You have different rights or you don't have as many rights as you might think you had. Okay, so a lot of these cases are basically reiterating the same thing. 1873, U.S. versus Anthony. The 14th Amendment recognized that an individual can be a citizen of one of the several states without being a citizen of the United States. So I get back to the issue of you get to claim what citizenship you want, which means really what jurisdiction do you want to be under. Everything is about jurisdiction. 1875 case, this is another good one, United States versus Crucian. We have in our political system a government of the United States and a government of each of the several states. Two different governments. They just told you each of these governments is distinct from one of the other, and each has citizens of their own. So, again, two different kinds of citizenships, two different jurisdictions. Which one do you want to be? Because you, this is free will again. This is all voluntary. Okay. I'm going to go down to 1884, Juilliard versus Greenman. The federal government is government for delegated powers. Supreme within its prescribed fear of federal territory. Federal government, okay, which is controlled by the legislature, Article One, can only have power within that sphere over any territory or any of its own citizens. Okay. So again, people here to today still go, well, how the hell I'm living in Florida? I'm not in DC. How do I how come on they? treat me like I'm a DC citizen. Well, again, you've entered into contracts where you've agreed to be under that jurisdiction. 
Okay. Let me go on. Next page. 1894, Caja versus United States. The laws of Congress have force only in the District of Columbia. That's correct. Or its territories. In other places, here we go, in other places that are within the exclusive jurisdiction of the national government, those who actually reside in the District of Columbia or who are construed to be a resident of the District of Columbia for legal purposes are treated as political subjects of Congress. That's telling you, okay, if you're construed to be a resident of the District of Columbia for legal purpose, you will be treated as such. That's, again, the Article 1, the C jurisdiction. All right, let's do a cut point here, Jason. I want to run this in the open, and whatever it takes us to get through, we'll go back for membership. Uh, just leave what I'm saying into the into the audio. Don't, don't remove this. We've got 30 minutes on a 0.5 episode. The rest of this is going to roll over for membership at crow777radio.com. Uh, it'll be a little different than we typically do, but we have to name this as a 0.5 for reasons I'm not going to get into. So if you want to catch the rest of this, you need to be a member at crow777radio.com. I know a lot of people have problems with it, but hey, man, there's 400 hours of free content if you want to go listen to something. There it is. We're going to pick up.
Belief is the enemy of knowing. <laughs>